Welcome to episode one of Virtual on Relay FM. Virtual is a show about games, gamers, game makers, and the surrounding culture. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Federico Vitici, as I am every week. This episode is brought to you by Igloo and Squarespace, and I'll tell you a little bit more about them during the show. Hello, Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello, Mr. Mike Hurley. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I am very well. I'm very excited today. I'm very excited as well, and happy to to be back on Skype to talk to you, to be back here with with our listeners. And uh, and it feels like forever. It's yeah, been a long we- time. It's been a long time since we uh, departed Directional Five by Five. Kept that fantastic music. Couldn't let that go. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm really really happy. And thank you for being a part of Relay. Well, thank you for inviting me. So we should probably just mention up front a few things about the show before we dive in. We've got a huge, uh, fantastic, amazing list of topics today. Um, But I guess first off, I think we should thank everyone for tuning in. I know that uh, there was a little bit of confusion with our feeds and I appreciate everyone for bearing with us and for coming and finding us again. Um, There were just some technical issues that we did not want to have to face and so we decided to go start fresh. So I really, really appreciate everyone's patience uh, for doing that, for coming and finding us. We really appreciate it. Um, virtual. So what's different to directional, Federico, if anything? Well, the name is <laughs> different. Yeah, we got that. The artwork's different. <laughs> the artwork is different. And um, I guess that the main focus of the of the show is the same. But... Uh, I kind of wanted to to give it the opportunity to be to have a larger um, focus if you want to, you know, because directional uh, the name and the artwork they imply the focus on games, whereas I still want to focus on games. But I guess if the opportunity comes and we want to talk about anything that is virtual and not just stri- strictly related to video games, we can do that mm. and. And I guess we'll just see, you know, with time, because this is all new, even even if we know for, you know, we've been talking to each other for over a year now, and but it still feels fresh and, and new now that we are on Relay FM. So um, I guess we'll just see. We, we just, I just want to talk about games and, and game makers and, and the community, but maybe someday we can talk about, I don't know, augmented reality, Mike. We can do, we can talk about, computer graphics or and stuff you know i just i just want to talk about anything that is virtual and that is awesome because that's where kind of the idea for the, the name virtual comes from in that it's quite interesting because like on directional what we tried to do and what we're going to do on this show is and we're actually doing it on this episode is talking about kind of the things from our video game past things in current and future with video games and the interesting thing about virtual is that was a virtual reality was something that has been a lot uh, gone away for a long time. It was something that in the beginning of video games consoles and was something that people tried to do. Nintendo tried to do it with the Virtual Boy, yeah. And then it kind of went away because everybody thought it was stupid uh, and didn't work. But now it's coming back with Morpheus and the Oculus. So that's kind of the future of video games potentially. Is this virtual reality? And I mean, and maybe you could argue that stuff like Connect and the Wii U was like the bridging gap between those. So that's kind of the interesting thing is that word, that word virtual is both nostalgic and kind of foretelling of the future. Yeah. So that's a, that's a great explanation, Mike. I just came up with it right then on the spot. 
I always tell you, you're pretty good with the words. I try my best. So, if anybody doesn't notice, I'm I'm Mike Hurley. I am a podcaster. Um, I'm currently on all of the shows on Relay FM. Um, and Federico Vitici, my my co-host and partner in crime, uh, he writes over at MaxStories.net. In case you are not familiar with him, uh, and I guess we should probably just just at this point just jump straight into the show. What do you think, Federico? Oh yeah. So. Uh, there's been some interesting things that I've been up to since uh, the last time that we spoke. So one of the things that I've been up to is uh, playing more games on Steam. Hmm. So just to give a brief recap, we left you with a what was that? With a, with a Steam on your li- in your living room, right? Yeah, pretty much. And we, yeah. we left you with with a PS Vita, with an Xbox One, and some issues with the three, Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, I've not done anything to fix my 3DS problem. The, the, well, I mean, you know, I've reformatted the memory card, but I've I've actually now, because I lost the MacBook Pro, I've lost that data. Oh, yeah. I've just now realized that that was one of the things that I didn't back up. But, oh. I mean, we can forget about that. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> uh, and also, I mean, I've in the time that we've been away, I've, I've got a new MacBook Pro, and I've been playing um, some games on Steam with the Xbox 360 controller. Um one game that um that I've just been playing on on that platform is Papers Please. Oh, you know it's coming to the Vita. I do. I think it's coming to the PlayStation Four as well. Yeah. Are I'm you gonna, familiar gonna... with Papers Please? I know it's uh, it's the game about uh, your uh, like like an some sort of um, employee uh, at the at the customs office. Yep. And you gotta check the passports of other people and basically uh, like understand their stories and why they want to. Uh, go to another country. Is yeah, that, that that's yeah. kind of like that, that's some of it, but there's this other like moral aspect of it. So you're right. You play as a border control agent, uh, and you're given you basically ha- you're given like a bunch of different things that you have to check, and every level kind of introduces another thing that you need to check. So at first you're just checking passports, and you're checking that passports are in date. You're checking that the issuing countries are correct, and you're referring it back to this guidebook of the surrounding like countries, so you can check that the issuing city is correct from the uh, the, like the country and that the passports match up and they're real documents and you check that they're men and women that sort of stuff and then you then have to start checking as well as that that they have the correct um, entry information for that day and then you have to check their ID cards as well as all of that and it builds and builds and builds so you have to start checking more now you are given the task um, of the more people you let in the more money you get if you let people in incorrectly you get like docked money mm. But the whole thing is at the end of every day, you're presented with the amount of money that you've drawn in every day and what that can give you in your lifetime. So it, like in your family life. So can it pay for your food? Can it pay for your salary? Can it pay for your heat? Can it pay for the medicine for your children? And then wow. like that continues to build on. So then your mother-in-law comes and stays and then she gets sick and you have to care for her. So you have to start earning more money, but you need to try and earn more money as the as it gets slower for you to let people through because you have to check more. So then you kind of are a little bit more lax with who you're letting in and things start to unfold. It's an incredible idea for a game. Um, I played I played a few hours of it. I've taken a little break from it because it gets really heavy like it's and it's a lot to do and it's a lot to think about. But um, I'm looking forward to playing more of Papers, Please and I, and I would recommend people check it out. Mm-hmm. So, and it, and so you basically, because I want to know more about this game, right? This so is basically... with the gamepad, by the way. You play this with just like mouse and keyboard mm. so you can play it. so you collect all this information about 
the people that you get are let in or decline. And it doesn't get any boring? No, because every time, every level, you're given something else to think about. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're checking, you just have to quickly check people. And it's like, oh, no, I didn't check this. And this person got through and they shouldn't have done. Then you have to start checking other things. And it's like, it's stressful. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that was not the way that I imagined this game uh, was. Because I, I thought it would be like a slow-paced kind of, you know, point-and-click adventure of sorts. No, you're, you're against the time limit, man. Okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> so that's that's kind of... I've, I played a few other games um, on Steam that I've then later bought for another console, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Um, so that that's kind of kind of the, the extent of my new Steam games. I played Oli Oli on the Mac. On well. the Mac? Why on the Mac? Well, it's in Steam now. So. You just wanted to play the game, the yeah, game I again. Try, I just wanted to try it again. It's fantastic <laughs> on a big screen like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't. I've I've only played it on the Vita before now. So, well, you know, I'm stuck in Oli Oli. I I'm stuck at the, you know, when you reach the like the Russian base uh, stages. Mm-hmm. You know, the military base, and I think it's Russian. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, and I'm stuck because I I cannot do uh, all the combos there. So I'm kind of sad about it. And and I and I brought my PS Vita on vacation with me. And and I tried, but I, but I failed. So I'm kind of you know, Oli Oli. I'm I'm pretty sad about it because my fingers my fingers are not as good as I as I hoped they would be. You're not the combo machine that you once were. Mm, yeah, I'm getting older, Mike. Happens to all of us, buddy. Yeah. So let me tell you about the other thing that I did when you were away. Well, when we were away, not you, <laughs> more me. <laughs> I was always here, Mike. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You were on holiday for a while. Yeah, well, you know, just a week. So I bought a PS4. Okay. So you keep buying things. Well, th- yes. Uh, <laughs> that hasn't changed. I, I mean, if you remember, like, if you go back, I did say that I was going to do this. I was either going to get a Wii U or a PS4. I've been saying it for a while. It wasn't something that I just did on a whim. Um, and I decided to buy it at that point because I wanted to get The Last of Us remastered, yeah. That, yeah. That, that Last of Us bundle. Um, so I now have a PS4 and I'm so, I'm so jealous, Mike. Yeah. I think it's about to get worse for you, buddy. Um, so I want to kind of talk about a few things. So I want to talk about the console in general and then, uh, just some of the games that I've been playing. Mm -hmm. Sure. So let me know uh, because I try to explain this PS4 thing to me. I don't have a PlayStation 3. My last PlayStation was the PlayStation 2. I only have a PS Vita and an Xbox 360 and a Wii U, of course. Mm -hmm. So why would I like the PS4 and what is it like? So I guess it's worth me me prefacing that I've been an Xbox guy for years. Um, Maybe the PlayStation 2 is my last PlayStation and I've been Xbox 360 and the Xbox One was what I thought would be my console of choice for this generation. Um, but as time's gone on and I've fell in love with the Vita, I've realized, you know, the, like the indie game support on the PlayStation 4 is really interesting to me, which is one of the main reasons. And obviously, of course, there's some games like No Man's Sky, which I know I'm going to want. So I took the opportunity now to to grab one. So I wanted to talk about some of the things that I like about it. And then maybe we can sort of talk a bit more about some questions or, or talk a bit more about why I think you should get one. <laughs> 
So there's like a few things like uh, system updates now happen in the background. That was a big problem with the PS3. I mean, this is not news to people, but being able to do the system updates and still play games at the same time is fantastic. Um, the same as kind of like downloading games from the store. You can start playing them whilst they're downloading in some cases. One of the really cool things that I found was like the keyboard entry. And I've not seen about this anywhere. Like there's a few different ways you can do keyboard entry. So you can like tap the D-pad as usual. You can use the touch sensitive pad that's on the front of the PlayStation 4 controllers. It has a little like touchpad. So you can like move the cursor around by using your finger. Or this other really interesting way of doing it that I found really cool, you can click a button and use the six axis movement. So you kind of, you move the controller around and the keys highlight up. So if you want to get A, you move it to the left and you get A and then over to the right to get L. You're just moving the controller in, in like 3D space. And it's, that's that's pretty strange. And, but it's super cool and easy. Like it's something oh, yeah? that I've always hated is like the way that you enter text on, on games consoles. Oh yeah, it's the worst. But this is a really interesting and easy way to do it. Oh, nice. Federico, did you know that in the PlayStation 4 DualShock controller there is a speaker? I didn't know that. So inside the controller is a speaker. And some games, especially the first party games, take advantage of this in certain ways so i'm going to talk a bit about um infamous in a moment it's one of the games that i picked up but in infamous you you start one of the games in true uh, like first party style by doing everything you possibly can with the controller so you start off and you need to spray paint this like mural uh so you turn the dual shot controller on the side you shake it right because it's taken mm-hmm. and then you press a button to start spraying and you get that noise come out of the con- mm. out of the controller why am i reminded of the of the dreamcast well the dreamcast controller did some really weird things like it had that it little, had, uh, that that little, little screen yeah and, it, and and i'm pretty sure it had like um like a speaker too i don't know maybe we, we should get seth clifford on the show to talk about the Dreamcast. Yeah, I feel like the Dreamcast kind of passed me by a bit. I was more yeah. of a PlayStation 1 guy at that point. Yeah, same. I think. So yeah, okay, I would like I would like that. That sounds interesting. Oh, you know why you know why I'm I'm thinking of something else because the Wii U gamepad as a speaker. Oh, okay. And and you can control the the level of the volume on the TV and on the gamepad. So that's why. That's why I knew I had something in my memory about this. I find it weird that you can control the volume of the TV with your Wii U controller. It just seems strange to me. Uh, it's it's pretty awesome that you can like power on the TV and and change the 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 input channel with the Wii U. But it 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 doesn't work like all the time, so it's kind of strange. Anyway, back to your um, PS4 mic. So I tried out the um, remote play. So this oh. is where you can play what's on your PS4 via your Vita. Yeah. My internet connection is not strong enough. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with all these new fancy Wi-Fi-based technologies is that they demo these these features, right? And you see the demo on YouTube and you see maybe um, some pretty big blog like Eurogamer or Kotaku give it a demo. And then you wonder, is my Wi-Fi connection at home uh, good enough for this? And it turns out most of the time it's not, uh, which is sad, you know? Because I, I do want to try all these fancy new um, streaming solutions for games. And that's also my concern for like uh, when I will eventually try uh, PS Now, 
which is the streaming um, service that Sony is building for the PlayStation 4 and, and Vita. Um, I, I guess that I'm, I'm not going to have a fast enough connection to stream games from the cloud. And the fact that you, that you tried uh, remote play on your local connection and it doesn't work, it doesn't give me uh, a lot yeah. of hope for the future. <laughs> and I know that there are people that do it with great success, but for me it just did not work well enough. Have you have you tried have you tried like cleaning up uh, your network because maybe there are too many devices uh, connected to the Wi-Fi. And so maybe you're experiencing some slowdowns. How about you clean up your network? <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh I I'm pretty sure I read um like um like a series of tips to get better remote play. Basically, you, um, I think I remember you gotta like have a wired connection from the router to the play PS4, and then I have a Wi-Fi connection, of course, from the PS4 to the PS Vita, and then it gets better, I think. Hmm. Whereas if you do all Wi-Fi all the time, it can be, it can be problematic. I don't know. Maybe you should try all these little tips that you... You can go to Eurogamer. They have the... Uh, what's the name? Digital Foundry column every week. It's basically a bunch of super experienced nerds uh, talking about the technical aspects of games. I love that column. And that's where I get all my... Um, all my Wi-Fi tips and all... Um, they do, like... Every week they do... Um, uh, a video game comparison. If there's a new uh, game out on Xbox and, and and PlayStation, they do the comparisons, and you can compare the screenshots and the quality of the graphics, which is awesome. Hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it didn't work for you. Not very well, no. Mm. Lots of screen tearing. Oh. Yeah, that's not that's not good news. The PSN store is fantastic. Like on the P- on the PS4. Yeah, it's perfect. It's categorized so well. Everything's super easy to buy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's fun. Um, and so what, what did you think of, like, the curation of the, of the PSN on the big screen with the PS4? Like, do you find yourself, like, confused as to whether there are too many games and you don't know what to try? Or do you think that Sony does a good job at highlighting the best releases and then it's your job to maybe navigate more? Exactly the last part. I feel like Mm. they do a really good job of highlighting the new releases. They highlight their sale categories really well and they do like interesting categories like digital first, which is Mm. a really great way to find indie games. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, And you can kind of scroll through them and they highlight a few like with this nice big sort of splash artwork that you scroll through. Um, and they do like the most popular ones that way. But then you can just like scroll through them all as like little tiles. Um, it's all organized really well. Like I found all of the games I was looking for and a few games that I didn't know about or like didn't know were on the platform, like SteamWorld Dig, stuff like that. Mm. Um, and like the having the, the PSN, like the PS Plus subscription, it's like discounts on basically everything. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're picking up games for like four pounds and it's just like, this is perfectly happy. I'm perfectly happy. And there's so many games for cross-buy, so I'd already bought them on the Vita. So I could just go down and download them for free. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna talk about cross-buy in a minute because I, that that's something that's super special. <laughs> I want to talk about Last of Us for a moment. 
Okay, here it comes the pain that I can feel because I want to play this game. I don't want to say too much about it because okay. I don't well, want to spoil you, it. Like I don't want to spoil it. Okay, so, but sure. like all, all I will say is it is not the game I expected. In a good way? In a good way. Okay. I didn't expect a bad game. It's just not the game I expected it to be. It looks just in, it's just incredible. Like the game is fantastic. It looks so good. <laughs> like I because it because it's realistic or because the art direction is good or because it's all of a, it's it. a meek. Okay. All of that. Like it's it looks incredibly realistic. Like the cutscenes and the animations are fantastic, but just the environments are so vibrant and different and, and like there's some that are really dark and dingy and some are really bright and like jungly and um you you interact with the environments in really interesting ways. Things like and then there are like really interesting gun like uh, like gameplay mechanics. Like gunplay is really hard. Mm. Which makes sense because the yeah. characters that you're playing at are just regular humans. They're yeah, not most soldiers. people cannot shoot a gun. <laughs> so like there's no auto aiming. Mm. And, That's strange. Okay. But that makes sense though, because yeah. why should there be? And and but the other thing is like you don't have a lot of bullets anyway. There's not a lot of ammo in the game. Like you don't so just it's, it's it's realistic, not just in the way that it looks, but also in the way that it works. Exactly. And there's a lot more fist fighting that you do really. I found um, like you're not a trained fighter, so you're not incredible at it, and you're not a trained gunslinger, so you're not very good at shooting mm-hmm. either. Is there um, any sort of interface on screen, or do you just like realize if your character is hurting just by looking at the character? Uh, there is there is a little bit of interface. Okay, like um, there's a there's just one small thing in the bottom right. It shows you like ammo and it shows you your health and stuff. Okay. And the inventory thing is shown by like a little pop-up. So it's not like... Have you ever played uh, Resident Evil 4? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a... Do you remember you... There's a like the bag and you got a... Basically like a little Tetris with the items. That stuff can frustrate me. Yeah. Quite a bit. <laughs> Same, yeah. And I, my personal favorite from Resident Evil 4 was uh, the, the, the seller of the items. Like the the guy with a with a with a with a cape that like opens the jacket and you can buy all the items from from his uh, pockets. It's yeah, super weird. I'm yeah. kind of not interested in a bunch of that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's it's that kind of like interface uh, gimmick that kind of gets annoying over time. Yep. Now I haven't played as much of The Last of Us as I would have liked to. I actually haven't played as as much of many games that I'm going to talk about because of Rogue Legacy. <laughs> of course. <laughs> now, I have a couple more games that I want to talk about before Rogue Legacy. Like, I only have a few things to say. Um, but I do have quite a bit to say about Rogue Legacy. <laughs> okay. But before I talk about any of that, Federico, we need to thank um, our first launch launch partner sponsor for, for this week's episode of Virtual. I very nearly said Directional. Going to take some use to that. I want to take a moment to thank Igloo. Now, Igloo have have really helped us out here, and they're with us from day one, um, and they're really helping to support Relay FM. Igloo is an internet that you're actually going to like. Anyone that's worked in a corporate environment like me knows how painful internets can be. 
Like when you've been in a corporate world, if you spent any time in a corporate world, then you're going to know how much using intranet products suck, whether it's stuff like SharePoint or something that your company has built for themselves. But the thing about Igloo is it's awesome. It's built with human beings in mind, which is actually quite a lot to say uh, when, when you think about a corporate world. Um, a lot of these sort of products are t- typically built with either cost-saving measures in mind or IT uh, restrictions in mind. But Igloo is built with human beings in mind and is also made in such a way that it's fantastic for all of the IT professionals that need it as well because they're like completely secure. I, I had a call and a sort of a walkthrough of Igloo that I'm going to talk about in a moment. And they threw so many acronyms at me um, like about all the way that it's everything super secure and safe. And they have all of that sort of stuff on their website if you want to find out about it. But Igloo has really easy-to-use cloud apps like shared calendars, Twitter-like microblogs, and file sharing. It works on all of your devices, whether laptop, tablet, or phone. So whether your team is working remotely or in the cubicles right around you, you're going to have the right tools to communicate and collaborate as you grow. It sounds like quite a simple thing, but this is huge. It gives you the flexibility to get your work done how you want, where you want, and whatever device you want. Igloo is kind of building a product that's meant for today and the future. It's not really 1997 like with a lot of their competitors. Everything that you need of Igloo is built right in. There's no need to manage multiple cloud apps or services, and everything on Igloo is social. So you can grow coordinating people and projects. So as you grow, sorry, coordinating your people and your projects is super simple. They have features like comments and the ability to like stuff too, so it feels just right at home with any of your social platforms that you use. Everything in Igloo is widget-based and it's drag-and-drop, so it's super simple uh, to brand and configure your Igloo. And then make sure that they take full advantage of responsive web design, so it's going to look fantastic on all of your devices. As I mentioned, I had a great tour with Igloo myself a couple of weeks ago. I was so impressed, not just by Igloo's team, for taking me through all of this. And they, they, apparently they gave me the regular sort of product onboarding that they give to all of their customers. And you can have this full demo. They'll give you a run through. They answered all of the questions that I had. But I was just super impressed with Igloo itself. Like the care and attention that they seem to have taken over this product really blew me away. Like just down to the, the little things, like the fact that you can add comments to practically everything. And it allows you to keep track of conversations and stuff between employees and, and coworkers. So Not only is it a way for you to keep in touch with everyone, you can put documents on there, make comments about revisions of documents, and it saves all of those for you. Igloo is super awesome. And there's one last thing I want to tell you about. Igloo's social intranet tour is stopping in London, San Francisco, and New York over the next two months. So go visit igloosoftware.com slash London for more details, and it gives you the opportunity to go and take a look and speak to the people at Igloo directly. I want to thank Igloo so much for helping us launch Real FM and for supporting Virtual. You can go and sign up for free today for any team of up to 10 people. So go to igloosoftware.com slash virtual. That's where you can show your support to Igloo and you can also show your support for Real FM. So thank you so much to Igloo. Yeah, I know the Igloo guys actually and I've been taking a look at their solutions for uh, to do management, and I can confirm that they're super awesome guys and super awesome uh, product. So very happy to see the sponsor, Mike. Me too. Let me tell you about Infamous Second Son. Oh yeah, that's uh, that I saw uh, the screenshots when it came out, and I watched so many videos without actually owning the game. It looks amazing. Graphics are fantastic. It looks just so good there isn't really much more to it <laughs> oh no 
the oh, gameplay no. mechanics are really interesting. Like some of the things you can do in it, and like the way that you sort of interact with the environment. But it's super repetitive. Like no, you're just doing like the same sort of things over and over. It's like just like a beat 'em up. Well, now I'm sad. And the main character is so annoying. Isn't he like a superhero? Well, he's like a regular guy who finds out that he has the ability to like take the powers from like what are called like the environmental terrorists or something they're called now, like the conduits from the from the first games. Uh, but I just found the character to be like really, really, really annoying, mm-hmm. which is a problem. Yeah. So I don't have a lot to say on that game. I just wanted to mention it. It's not fantastic. Federico, have you ever have, ever heard of Octodad? Yes, it's the super weird game <laughs> with the with the, um, the 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 octopus guy in a suit. Octodad, right? Dadliest Catch. Yes, the full name. <laughs> um, I wanted to try this game out. It's one of the weirdest games I've ever played. Yeah, I, di- I didn't I didn't think you'd be the kind of guy who would play Octodad. It's really super strange. So you play as an octopus yeah. pretending to be a human. So you yeah. wear like a suit uh, and you have a whole family and your family and nobody else around you knows that you're an octopus, even though you very wow. clearly are an octopus. And your whole game, the whole game is like you have to just navigate the world and do regular human things without anybody realizing that you're not a human and you're actually, actually an octopus. Wow. I think actually this is a pretty deep... Uh, like psychological topic. Yeah. But the thing because, about Octodad, right, is yeah. the control scheme. Uh-huh. So this is what makes the game, right? So you say, oh, you know, you're just you just getting yourself ready for a wedding and you're going shopping and you're doing yard work, right? How can that you know what what's the mechanic? Like you're saying, oh you're not supposed to be recognized as being a, like an octopus. Well the reason is is because you have very little control over your body because you're an octopus in a human's world. So you kind of have to just do these regular tasks like mow the lawn, but do it in such a way where you're not causing an incredible mess and like alerting <laughs> people. Now, the reason this is interesting is I may get the, the, the exact specifics kind of kind of wrong here, but I, basically this is the idea of the control scheme. Like I might get the buttons wrong. So your left leg is activated by holding L2. Your right leg is activated by holding R2. And you have the use of one arm, which is activated by holding R1. So you actually have limbs and yeah. n- not tentacles. So they are, well, they are tentacles, but you use them as arms and legs. <laughs> okay. So let's say you want to you wanna move. Let's say you want to walk. So you start off, you hold L2, and you move the right stick forward. Then you hold R2, and you move the stick forward. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One stick moves um, forward and back. The uh-huh. other stick moves uh, up and down. Mm. So you kind of have to, to hold L2, move the right stick forward and then the left stick forward, and then you move your leg up. And then you kind of have to do this with both legs to move anywhere. Wow, that seems complicated. <laughs> and then to, exactly. And then to move the arm, you press like. R1, and then you can move like the left stick to move it up and down and the right stick to move it left and right. Mm. And then L1 is to like hold on, it's like to grab things. 
So you click it and you grab something and then you have to click it again to let go. So basically, you move around this level and you're just smashing things to pieces because you can't keep control of your arms and legs properly. And mm-hmm. the more mess you make and the more th- things that you do wrong, the more sort of you alert the people around you to the fact that you're an octopus. Mm. It's yeah, crazy. It's so funny. It has a really good sense of humor. There's loads of like indie jokes. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I think I picked up some milk uh, like from the store and it was made by that milk company. There's lots of like self-referential indie game jokes in there. There was a few more that I can't remember, but it's that sort of idea. Uh, There's just and it's it's a it's got a great sense of humor and it's a super strange game. I would recommend it just because it's a real interesting experience. So this is available on PS4. PS4, yeah, and on Steam. And on Steam, Mm -hmm. okay. Nice, yeah. That's how my that's how my. to play list. Yeah, I, th- I think you should get it. I think you'll like it. Okay. So this is the meaty part. This Mike. is the main event. This is Rogue Legacy. Okay. So t- um, let me just say that I bought Rogue Legacy on the PS Vita. I have been playing Rogue Legacy and I'm, and I'm still trying to accept the fact that I'm not um, good at Rogue Legacy. We can talk about this. Okay. Because I think there's a thing about this. So, so this is like a combination of your impressions and like an intervention for me. Yeah. Okay. So Rogue Legacy is a roguelike game. For anybody that doesn't know, I've kind of only very recently got my head around what roguelike means. It's basically the, the key thing about roguelike games, it, please correct me if I'm wrong, Federica, that I understand is you're dead, you're dead. Like death permanent. Your yeah, character be- dies. It's basically inspired by this uh, game, very old game called Rogue. So now the, the genre is called Rogue-like. And yeah, it's uh, the concept of permadeath. If you're dead, you're dead. Yep. And I, 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 would, I guess that in, in the original Rogue, uh, the levels were already procedurally generated. So, because that's also a factor. Yeah, in this, uh, and that new. means that the levels aren't the same, basically. Yeah. So every time you play, the levels are going to be different. So there's a few things that I want to unpack there. So the usually I struggle with um, rogue like games because you kind of you you play the game and then you die and then you start again. Um, but this game is really good because you make lasting progress. So you collect coins as you progress through the castle. You're effectively going through a castle and you are trying to basically just advance through the castle. And as you're going through it and killing uh, bad guys, you are collecting coins. Those coins you can then use for upgrades. Now, the reason it's called Rogue Legacy is because every time you die, your your, your next character is a son or daughter of your previous character. Yeah. So it's like a lineage through time. Um, and the, and you, there's lots of different classes of characters, like paladins and warriors and bar, uh, barbarians and liches and all sorts, like really kind of interesting um, different character types and everybody has their own sort of attributes from that. But because I find like losing everything can be a bit tedious, 
but it deals with it in a really interesting way here. And then like to, to get back into that. So, cause one of the things that would suck, you know, for the idea of the roguelike genre is then if let's say you upgraded and you spent 500 of your 1000 coins, if you could then just carry that money forward in time, it yeah. wouldn't be very roguelike, but you have to give your money back to start the level again. So yeah. you sacrifice anything you haven't used on upgrades. And I really love this, this style. And also the environment changing every time after many, many, many playthroughs, I find that it keeps it like keeps me wanting to play more and more. Because Yeah, because it doesn't get boring. You're not seeing like, the same thing. Like it Yeah, it's always like a surprise and a, and a challenge. It's just like going to a different level every time. Yeah. So one of the great things about Rogue Legacy is it has cross buy and cross save. So this is something on the PlayStation platform. So I can play, I buy once and I can play on my Vita and my PS4 and the saves, like the, the progress that I make on the PlayStation 4 saves to the cloud and then I can download that progress on my Vita and carry on with the same game. Now, the UI for this is a little clunky. So mm-hmm. they could Sony have a long way to go to make this better. So every time you turn on a, a game like this, it pops up a dialogue box and the dialogue box says, uh, does this on the PlayStation 4 and the Vita. It's like we see the, the your current, something along the lines of your current saved game process, uh, like progress, is older than saved game progress you have in cross-save. Would you like to replace this current progress with the cross-save? That's classic conflict yeah. resolution. And then UI. it's like, yes or no, right? Yes, yes, what? <laughs> But if you yeah. say so, you have to say no to download the cross save data. It's very yeah. confusing, right? It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Like it should be a lot easier. It should just give you a box and say, "Would you like cross save or would you like local save?" And then, in, in theory, it should just you know keep working. But in practice, yep. I mean, I see this all the time when I when I write an article for Mac Stories and I'm saving the article to Dropbox, and then if I go to another device like my iPad or my phone. Uh, it happens sometimes that I gotta choose a copy, and that's for work. Now imagine for games. I just want to sit down and relax, yep. and I, and I don't want to think about any you know conflict resolution or you know dialogues and choices that I gotta make except for the game. And I gotta choose a file, <laughs> and I gotta say no to actually use the file, which seems you know confusing. It's the issue is the way it's worded, which is what I find to be the hardest thing. Like you end up saying no. Yeah, and Microsoft is usually the champion of uh, these dialogue boxes with yes and no. Because the moment you see a dialogue with yes and no, you're already lost. Yep. Because like, especially like, no, no, I want to use the better save. But anyway. Yeah, I know. This process of playing once and it's saving everywhere is amazing. So like a couple of days ago, I was playing Rogue Legacy as I have been every day, right? And I'm like playing it on the PS4 and I'm enjoying it. I'm like, oh, I'm a bit tired. I want to go to get in, go and get in bed. And I go to bed and I'm laying there for a bit. Can't sleep. Pick up the Vita. Just carry on. And it's already there and you don't have to do Well, I have to do the dialogue box. Oh, okay, but, sure. But aside from that, I mean, I've had a couple of instances where it seems to have failed and I kind of lose a bit of progress. Mm-hmm. But it's only happened a couple of times and I've been doing it a lot and really I take those couple of times. Like just being able to like pick up your game like that is so awesome. 
And I love that the games that this seems to be getting implemented more on are like indie games, which are my favorite types of games anyway. It's just so cool, man. Like, I'm such a fan of this functionality. Just all of it, like the cross-platform thing. Vita and PS4 working in harmony. Yeah. So cool. Yeah, and, and it makes you it makes you wonder why Nintendo of all companies, the one with the strongest, you know, portable lineup, isn't doing uh, basically any any of this. Yep. And uh, and it's it's sad because Sony doesn't have a you know such a strong history and tradition of portable consoles. They just have the PSP and the PS Vita, and they're doing you know all this new stuff and all this fresh and and modern. Uh, solutions like cross-buy and cross-save, which they seem obvious, but they're actually not obvious because they are a technological challenge for these companies, you know, to come up with uh, services that allow you to keep your save progress in the cloud or to buy a game and put it on another device. And Sony is doing this. And Nintendo, who has a, you know, a, a history of 30, 25 years of Game Boy and other consoles, they're still doing cartridges and the eShop and you lose your memory card, you lose everything. Because this is my problem with the fact that Super Smash Brothers yeah. is about to come out on two platforms round about the same sort of time, but there's no linking between the two games. Like, I just can't understand that. It's just crazy to me. Yeah. So, some of the stuff that I like about Rogue Legacy... I love the the way that you progress as a character. You get stronger and you can sort of defeat more of the castle and its surrounding levels. I love the fun parts of it. So your characters quite frequently have some sort of uh, character flaw or like interesting yeah. genetic thing about them. Like a, uh, a frequent one is like gigantism. So your character is huge or they're like, um, I don't know what the correct term is to say. I I got the one that you um you cannot see um like farther away from you because you are like um you have bad eyesight. Yeah, there's there's a couple so of different all, bad it, eyesight so ones. It's all it's all blurry and there's, you cannot make out enemies. There's far sighted, which means that you can only see things that are far away and then like oh, near sighted. Yeah. So like if you're far sighted I probably got those wrong. It means like it's blurry anywhere, like around the outside of the the screen. And if yeah. you're like nearsighted, you can't see your character. <laughs> yeah. And there's color blindness where everything goes black and white. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's annoying because you, it's super hard to like. Uh, and I guess it's it's always um, it's also a good um, in a way uh, accessibility test because you can understand how uh, people with visual impairments. Yeah. The way that they see games. And 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 when I saw that, I thought, well, this is a this is an interesting mechanic, but also, wow, there are people out there who live with this condition all the time. Have, have so, you, yeah, I mean that yeah, sucks, right? It, it, it made me think, and it was a like, at first I thought, okay, this is a cool and different mechanic, and then I realized this is more than a you know, than a, than a video game mechanic. Anyway, have you played a character with Vertigo? Mm, no. It flips the screen upside down. Seriously? But the, the controls remain the same. Oh, God. <laughs> so <laughs> It's so confusing. Wow. So the controls, you still go right to go right, but it's upside down. Oh, man. Uh, have you played it where it goes kind of like Tron-like and everything looks like it's in the future? No, I, did, I didn't get all this stuff. Probably because I just played like... 
two hours. Oh man, you've you've got so much to come. How yeah. many how many hours would you say I would play the game? Uh, I don't know, but I'm on to like level sixty, which means I've had sixty oh, playthroughs. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I'm like level twelve. Yeah, you've got a lot to go. <laughs> okay. Um, there there are all these little things like this one where like uh, it says it has IBS, so stomach problems, and you're like running around the game, and every little while you hear this. <laughs> just as you're running around there's one where it's got like muscle spasms so the controller just starts vibrating randomly oh. like this game is just fantastic like because none of these things they don't do it like most of them like the the vertigo one does but most of them don't actually affect the gameplay like mm-hmm. it just makes it but it gives it this little bit of fun like and you say right so you're saying you're not very good at this game right yeah my problem is that Maybe it's just that, you know, I I cannot seem to, like, I, I think at, at some point during a level, I get, like, emotional, and I just screw it all up, and I just die for some reason. Why do you get emotional? Tell me. I don't know, because, like, the tension, right? Like, you know that you're gonna... That you're gonna die in this level, and and the level is gonna change, and and you gotta make sure that you keep enough money to unlock uh, the skills and and the items, and for some reason I just I just reach a point where I realize I'm doing pretty well, and then I I, I get all emotional and and I like I get hit by enemies in like twenty seconds and I die. Right. So let me. I think I think I can make this better for you. Okay. So your new objective in Rogue Legacy is to upgrade your character. Do not worry about completing the game mm-hmm. for a long time. Like, what's Is there it? even a completion of the game? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There are bosses. Oh. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. you have to beat like four bosses and then you compl- then you beat the final boss. But there's four different there's like four different stages. So there's there's like I don't know if you have you exited the castle at all. No. Yeah, see so you exit the castle. There are four different kind of worlds. You need to you need to just focus on focus on money, building money up. And then you can start upgrading. And as you start to upgrade, your characters become more powerful and it's easier to continue to progress. Like I exit the castle quite frequently, but I can't get past this, the next stage from that. Um it seems like the consensus that I've seen from people posting screenshots and stuff is like two hundred playthroughs to finish so you've got a long way to go you're not supposed to be good yet how how long does a normal session uh a level for you last oh man i don't know like maybe between five and ten minutes Mm. maybe sometimes i like just die straight away sometimes i like kill it i'm like playing for like 15 20 minutes and then okay so i I just gotta focus on upgrading my character yeah make that your focus because you you, there's Really, you kind of have to unlock so much of the stuff. Like what you can see as well, like is nowhere near. As you start to unlock things, more more things become available. Mm-hmm. So you need so, to. So yeah, go this for is it. this is exactly the reason why I think I'm gonna love Rogue Legacy. I just you know I gotta make sure that I get the basics right because it's a roguelike, right? So we 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 talked about you know the levels are always new and it's always a surprise and a new challenge, but you have this sense of progress that stays with you, not just the fact that you're getting better at the game, because in, in other games, in other roguelikes, the progress is yourself, is you playing the game. 
in Rogue Legacy, you actually see progress, right? And and I love that. I love that that aspect of the game. And I just gotta make sure that I put in enough time to get to get better at you know killing enemies and not getting emotional while I play, because I you know I just I just maybe I'm I'm do I'm doing a nice playthrough, and then I I do it all wrong all of a sudden. And and the game is not forgiving when you when you don't do the right moves. Mm-hmm. Because maybe there are some spikes or big enemies, or maybe there are like uh, I hate those um, like floating uh, portraits. You know that they fly at you. And yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Those the, things are like hard. the paintings and and stuff. But the thing is, now I beat all of those in one hit. Oh yeah, that's 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 uh, the trick. Yeah, your dog's really upset about Rogue Legacy too. Yeah, I know. I keep I keep hearing it. I don't know why he's upset today. He he can't beat Rogue Legacy. Um, I'm not sure he knows how to play. Maybe that's why he's upset. Um, <laughs> Federico, I'm going to say this. This is quite a bold claim. Okay. I think Rogue Legacy might be my favorite game of the year so far. Whoa. Already? Yeah. You sure about that? It's August. When is No Man's Sky coming out? <laughs> I don't think that'll come out this year. Okay. So um, I said so yeah. far. Yeah, wow. I, I think Rogue Legacy is my favorite game of the year. Wow! It's kind of everything that I love about video games. Man, I gotta keep playing. I'm, I'm gonna spend hours playing Rogue Legacy. I promise. And every day, I continue to be sad that we don't have Shovel Knight. Oh, do you want to hear what? something terrible that happened to me? So when I was trying out some Steam games, right? Mm-hmm. I saw Shovel Knight in the Steam store. Yeah. I was like, oh my god! So I downloaded it. Yeah. Well, I tried to download it, and it's Windows only. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Cause the, the, but I can download it. If I had a Windows PC, I can play it. Like, the certification is only a problem on consoles. There's no there's no um, news about the European release date, right? They're just like, we're working on it. Still working on it. Yeah. I mean, can, can I just want to play the game in English, you know? Yeah. I just want to play the game. I just want to play the game. Let me play the game in Chinese, and, and I, I'm pretty sure I will enjoy the game. Well, yeah, you could then just learn Chinese like the same way you learn English. Or I can just use, you know, um, the Google Translate thing. Dude, that would suck. Why? It's like Google, because if it was in, like, Chinese, you wouldn't even be able to type the characters. Ah, uh, I'm pretty sure there's an app for that. I mean, you could find it. You could probably just do it all in editorial. No, I, I can just take a photo and then you gotta do the, the, the optical character recognition thing. Yeah, that sounds like a really... You know, when I, when I was like, when I was um, I was nine, um, I was playing Final Fantasy VII in, in Japanese with a friend of mine and we we actually learned the all the... Um, with trial and error, basically, what the kanji characters meant. Dude, that's insane. How many hours did you put into that game? No, too many, too many. Like, seriously. I don't. You not only learned how to play the game, you learned a whole new language in which to exactly. Play the game. We we spend more time learning the menus than actually playing Final Fantasy VII. And in fact, we later just got the game as a, as a PAL uh, release and beat it in twenty minutes. <laughs> no, it took it took a few hours, especially in the, in the in the later part of the game. Have you ever played Final Fantasy VII? Never really played much Final Fantasy at all. Oh man! So the game that I'm going to talk about in a bit is going to make you happy. It's going to be <laughs> lost on me. Yeah. So have I convinced you to get a PS4? Absolutely. Yeah, Good. I I I actually want to get all the 
all the consoles of this generation. You know, I I think I'm gonna get a PS4 first. Yeah, I think you could probably make do with the PS4. I only really plan to play my Xbox now for like uh, Xbox exclusive games. I'm being completely honest, I think the PlayStation I think, I think is, is a superior you, console in so many ways. Yeah, but if you have the if you have the the means to get each console and if you love video games. I mean, I, I don't want to do, you know, oh, I'm on team Sony or I'm on team Microsoft. I just don't care about teams. I care about video games. So if I can, you know, with a little bit saving each month, you know, I can I can get all the consoles and enjoy all the video games. I would and I would say you should try um, if, if, if you can. Uh, but I like don't really, I'm probably, if I'm going to get a Wii U, it's not going to be for a long time. You should probably try to find the used Wii U on eBay. That's a good idea. I, I, I'm guessing that's a lot of people selling Wii Us yeah. at this point. That's a really good idea, actually. I'm going to look at that. Yeah. Really don't want another games console right now, though. I've kind of... <laughs> maxed that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little Your... bit maxed out right now. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's yeah. some pretty good deals. Did you see Did you see the, um, the white Xbox One? I did. It looks great. It's for Sunset Overdrive, right? Can I can I get a white PS4? I think it's just like the Destiny bundle, right? I think yeah, is Destiny the white? Yeah, I think the Destiny bundle. I think it's Destiny. I do want to get all white consoles because I think they're like more futuristic for some reason. <laughs> you know, because you get all these like the the original Wii is way more futuristic than the Wii U, which I have in black. Yeah, but you could have just got a white Wii U and then... Yeah, that would have been too easy because I got the Zelda bundle, which is black with the, all the little Zelda um, drawings on the on the gamepad. Yeah, but that's... You know, now you've got the special Zelda one there. Did I tell you I want to... I wanna, I'm considering a Zelda tattoo. You did not tell me this. Yeah, uh, I Like am. the trifles? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. And I, and I'm and I'm right now. I'm at the point that I gotta decide whether I want just the basic Triforce, you know, the triangles, or the full blown um, Hyrule, um, you know, Triforce and wings and sword. <laughs> it's the, the, I say the, just Triforce. Yeah, because I saw basically um, um I was browsing around on Pinterest and I was looking at uh, Zelda Triforce tattoos, and there's a one with the full Hyrule crest. And there was um, uh, a girl with this tattoo on her back, and it's huge. Like, it's super awesome, because it's... Basically, you got all these wings on your shoulders, and you got the Triforce in the middle, and a sword going down your back. But that seems pretty, you know, large. And I'm not sure I want a tattoo that big. So I think I'll go with just, you know, the basic Triforce on my... Left arm. Yeah, trifles on the arm, man. Sweet. Yeah, you, that's that's it. You've nailed trifles it. on the arm and an Oasis quote on the other arm. What quote? Uh, do you know the song "Hello"? Yep. Yeah, it's from that song. What's the quote? It's because uh, the years are falling by like the rain. Nice. Yeah. You're so you're so romantic. Yeah, I always am. Such an always emotional when when I when I play Rogue Legacy. You Can you get, imagine? You should get a my... Rogue Legacy tattoo. <laughs> she got a, she got a, like a combination of the of the moves that I gotta do to win the game. <laughs> I can't get out of the castle. <laughs> can I get a Can I get a, like a map 
of uh, I don't know. Can can you just pay more to 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 make the game easier? Just no. Just keep going. I'm just gotta keep going. You man. can do this, man. I I believe in you. I don't know. Maybe it's like, and there's always this problem for me when I choose the character in the in the legacy uh, screen. I just want to try them all, and I feel bad because if you choose one, do the others die? Like I don't know. No, they're alive. They're just they're just. You sure? Don't choose I think them. they die because you don't choose them and they die. And that's sad. Again, try not to worry about that. <laughs> I would. This is something you shouldn't be concerning yourself with. Like I, I don't know. They, they just make it so difficult, you know, because there are all these cute little, you know, night knights and people there looking at you, and they have traits and they have like problems, you know. I just kind of feel bad about the problems. Like, why is this dude uh, eyesight bad? I don't know, man. It's just... And then there's the the thing that you gotta, like, pay the... uh, There's death waiting for you at the castle, like, at the entrance. And you gotta give death money. Yeah. That's super creepy. Uh, Yeah, Stop worrying about all these things. Okay. Like, yeah, I know. I'm probably overthinking Rogue Legacy. You'll have a lot more fun with this game if you stop, like, really psychologically freaking out about it. Okay. <laughs> it's supposed to be fun. <laughs> uh, just try and try and focus on that. Okay. I will. I think you'll be a lot happier that way. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my first impression of Rogue Legacy is probably a little bit too deep yeah i think you're going too far like yeah probably i'm i'm concerned concerned. yeah i i I will follow your advice and treat it like um like a like a fun little game and i just gotta (laughs) keep playing without worrying about legacies and and people dying and death and money that would be my my advice to you yeah thank you thank you I think that, that, that really helps. Yeah, I genuinely think that you'll be happier <laughs> if you can just just focus on that. Yeah. So we should uh, probably take a moment to thank uh, our second sponsor for this week's episode. What do you think about that, Mister Federico Vitigi? I just read the name of the sponsor, and it, and it's an awesome one. So please, please go ahead. So uh, this episode of Virtue is also brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and use the offer code INSERTCOIN, all one word, it says I-N-S-E-R-T-C-O-I-N at checkout. A better web starts with your website. Squarespace, they truly care about design, and I think that's something that all video game players and makers can appreciate. This goes from their fantastic, beautiful, responsive templates that they have to their inbuilt typekit and Google fonts. And this even comes through to the back end, where you're creating your site. They take care, they take so much care of crafting a good-looking and easy-to-use interface for you. For Squarespace, it's not all about just giving you the tools to make a great-looking website of your own. They also want to make a great-looking service for you when you're putting your content in. Squarespace take this stuff super seriously. They give you a WYSIWYG page building system that allows you to craft your own pages and make stylistic changes in the web browser right before your eyes. So you can see exactly how your changes will look to all of your visitors. 
but they don't believe in just boxing you into any of this stuff too. You can try out any of their templates at any time and even be working on multiple templates at once. So once you are happy, you can apply your new design when you're ready. You can also inject custom CSS, so you can tinker around within the templates to make it look exactly as you want. If that's the type of thing that you are familiar with, you can go in there and you can put in your own CSS. You have full code control with Squarespace. You can use all of their templates, but they're all exposed via Git. So you can easily work with multiple people and you can even roll back changes super easily if you want to take their fantastic templates and develop upon them. You can do all of that. But this is just one part. Looking at the design, it's just one part of their incredible system. Let me tell you very quickly about some of the other fantastic stuff that I love about Squarespace. They have rock-solid hosting. They have fantastic mobile apps. They have built-in statistics, custom domains, which you can get if you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name. But you can also just very easily integrate any domain name that you have. They have their commerce platform that allows you to sell things online. And every Squarespace site can integrate a store. And this all comes with 24-7 support. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and they include a free domain name if you sign up for a year. I want you to go and start a free trial right now. It's no credit card required to do this and start booting a website today. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code insertcoin, or one word, as insertcoin, to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for virtual. Thank you so much for their support of this show and all of Real AFM. That's Squarespace where a better website starts, sorry, where a better web starts with your website, because all of your websites will be amazing on Squarespace. Thank you, Squarespace. Thank you, Squarespace. So what have you got for me, Federico? What have you been playing in our time away? Okay, so um, you told me that you bought a PS4. Yep. So I thought, instead of buying a new console, of starting to use one that has eight years, and um, so I got my original Nintendo DS, and especially the Nintendo DS Lite, which came out in 2006. So I thought, while Mike is playing the future, I'm going to play with my past. So without getting too emotional again, um, <laughs> uh, I thought, okay, I have the Nintendo DS Lite, which is a white... Uh, basic model, and it's still working. I still have the original charger, the original stylus. It's in great condition. And I thought, which game should I play? And I thought for like three days about this. Wow. Uh, yeah, because it, I, I have a pretty good collection of old Nintendo DS games. And I, and I figured I could also play a GBA game because the Nintendo DS Lite has a GBA uh, slot. But I wanted to play a DS game. So I realized... That I that in my in my bedroom at my parents' house there was a shelf with DS games that I bought and never played, and it just happens that one of my favorite games, uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance for the GBA, um, and we can talk about the difference between uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance and the original Final Fantasy Tactics uh, for the PlayStation. It just happens that, that that game had a sequel for the Nintendo DS, which is called Final Fantasy Tactics um, Adva Advance A2 or just Final Fantasy Tactics A2. I think it's A2. Um, and basically, I bought this game 
when it came out and I bought the US version, I bought the European version, and they were still sealed in their original packaging, never opened <laughs> the box. Good. You say I have a problem. I, bu- I bought two copies, Mike, because uh, uh, basically, uh, do you know when you, what's like the opposite of a deja vu? When you like, you remember something all of a sudden. Like I had completely forgotten about this game. Flashback? And then when, yeah, kind of. So when, when I saw the box, I remember all the, the story. Basically, I was super excited about the game. I bought two copies of the game. The American version, the European version. And I never started the game because as soon as the reviews hit and they were like, yeah, the game is good. And they gave it like a 7 out of 10. I was super sad, and I didn't even open open the game. So the actual this is sorry, I'm t- totally taking us off track now. The actual opposite of déjà vu is jamais vu, jamais vu. But jamais vu is the phenomenon of experiencing a situation that one recognizes in some fashion, but that nonetheless seems very unfamiliar. Hmm. So maybe that's it. Like you recognize that it happened, but you don't remember doing it. Jamais vu. Probably. Jamais vu. We, we, we're also learning a bit of French <laughs> on virtual. That's what we're all awesome. about here. Yeah. We are virtually teaching you. Yeah, awesome. So, um, I was super sad about the reviews that the game got. And, and I think out of sadness, I didn't even open the game. Protest. So when I, when I saw the game, when I saw the game um, a few days ago, I was like, this is the perfect idea. This is the, you know, uh, the, the, the sequel to one of my favorite games. And by favorite, Mike, I mean like, um, how much was that? I think it was like 300 hours of gameplay. What? On, yeah, on my GBA. 300 hours? <laughs> yeah. I was super into the game. <laughs> That's 12 and a half days. Yeah, man. I know. Uh, the, seriously, there were... Um, for a couple of it's months... nearly two weeks. For a couple of, for, <laughs> for a couple of months, uh, I, it was like the only thing that I would do with my life besides school, eating, and sleeping. It would be Final Fantasy Tactics Advance. Wow. And it's not even... You know, it's, it, it's not as good as the original Final Fantasy Tactics. It's just that I... Uh, that was before I got Final Fantasy Tactics on the PSP. So it was like the only surrogate for Final Fantasy Tactics on, on a portable console, the advanced version, which when I started the original game, I realized, okay, this is not as good as the original Tactics, but it's good enough. And as, as I kept playing, I just got into the game. I just got sucked in. You know, it was the, the colorful graphics and, and, the, and the soundtrack and the silly story because it's, frankly, a silly story and, and the mechanic. And so that's how 300 hours of my life. So when this is uh, so the went. one that you're talking about, the one you put 300 hours into was the advanced it's version. The, the, advanced, game Boy the first version. one for the Game Boy Advance. Uh, Can you Square give me a little bit of background about what's different between Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy Tactics? Okay, so Final Fantasy Tactics, it's, um, it's a strategic um, tactical game where instead of um, having the... Have you ever seen a Final Fantasy screenshot? 
Yeah, I've, I've played a little bit of Final Fantasy. Okay, so instead of having the random encounters and the classic battle when you see uh, basically the enemy line and the party line with people facing off an enemy, basically it's like chess. You get a grid, and, and, and the grid is actually a level. And the level can be uh, on any kind of territory. You can be on a field, you can be on a, inside a river, you can be in a town, you can be in a village, you can be in, in, you know, in indoors. And all your movements happen on a grid. So you got to position your... Um, it's, it's a turn-based tactic, tactical game. At each turn, you can do X number of moves and you can move out on the grid. And you can either face the opponent straight off, you can go to the sides, or you can go behind an enemy. And depending on where you hit an enemy, you inflict more or less damage. And of course, the enemies can do the same to you. And so there's also the classic uh, role-playing game uh, aspect of Final Fantasy, because you can level up uh, your party, your team, and you can buy different items, you can upgrade your skills, you can change classes. That's the big um, theme of Final Fantasy Tactics, it's that you have jobs. So each character has a job, you can be a knight, you can be a paladin, you can be a thief, you can be a ninja, you can be a black mage. There's like dozens of classes. And you can change at any time you can decide to like develop a set of skills for the I don't know for the thief, and then you can change. You can go, oh, I want to be a knight, and then you just change and you change the equipment, you change the abilities, and so you get. There's all these um, different aspects. It's like chess meets Final Fantasy meets um, I don't know. Have you ever played? I would say Tactics Ogre, but you never played Tactics Ogre. So it's like, yeah, it's like Final Fantasy on a grid and. You don't have, it's not in 3D, so you can go, instead of, you know, moving around a, a free roaming world, you have a map, and you move your little character on a map, and you go from town to town, and you go to the pub, and you accept missions, and you go on a mission, and a mission is basically you gotta kill uh, this person, and you gotta defeat this monster. And it's from an isometric perspective, so you can, in the original tactics for the PlayStation, you could rotate the camera. In the tactics advance, you cannot rotate the camera. So there are certain angles that you cannot see behind. And what's really intriguing for me in the tactics series is that in spite of the limitations of the grid and the fact that you can only take X number of movements or that you have, you know... Uh, a set of classes and abilities to choose from, it, the way that you approach battles gives you the kind of strategic freedom that I'm super into. Because I, I, you can decide how you can win or lose battles. Because in, in, the, in the main Final Fantasy series, and I mean from especially the Final Fantasy uh, 7, 8, and 9, it usually comes down to being stronger or a higher level than the enemy. In the tactics series, you can actually do some real strategy, especially in the, in, the, in the original tactics for the PlayStation. So what I like is that even if I'm not as strong as another enemy, this series gives me a higher and more appealing 
sense of making my own strategy, making my own tactic to win. And that's awesome. Mm. The problem, Mike, is that the Final Fantasy Tactics Advance is much, much, much easier. And mm, the the, the storyline is not as good as the original Tactics. Because the original Tactics is a difficult game and with a mature and, and I would say, serious uh, story. It involves politics. It involves uh, some great uh, dialogue, especially in, you know, like, uh, old English dialogue. Okay. It involves murder. It involves uh, robbery and, and killing people and religion. And, you know, it's, it's a series of mature uh, themes. And the tactics advance is for a much younger audience, of course, because Nintendo wanted a role-playing game for the Game Boy. And so, for instance, the, the original tactics starts with all this background about this war uh, between in, in, the, in, in this country, and I'm oversimplifying things here. Uh, the, the tactics advance starts with a, <laughs> with a snowball fight. <laughs> so, okay. Okay, so... Um, and that's, right, the, the background. Um, in spite of being much easier and much more colorful and much more uh, geared towards a younger audience, I got into Tactics Advance because it was the only Tactics that I could play on a portable console. And with time, I learned to love Tactics Advance. So that's the difference. With the Tactics, I was in love. Tactics Advance, I learned to love it. And I put in... Uh, and that was strange because I put in more time in Tactics Advance than I actually did in the original Tactics and later in the Tactics re, um, uh, remaster for the PSP. So when the Tactics A2 came out on the DS, I was super sad about the reviews and I didn't play the game. So a few days ago, I saw the Nintendo DS Lite, I saw A2, <laughs> and I was like, well, that's... That's my, my, my chance right there. I got to play the game now. So um, I didn't format, uh, I didn't reset my, my DS because I didn't want to, you know, it kind of felt like breaking up with my past. So I didn't do a complete wipe of the settings on my DS light. But there were still a couple of things that I noticed before I started the game. Uh, the, the first one is the... Um, health warning message that Nintendo shows you when you fire up the console and I had completely forgotten about that message on the Nintendo DS. I never actually read a single line of that message. Like, you gotta take breaks or that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? I, we've spoken about this before, right? How I think that Nintendo needed to, when we did the Zelda episode of Directional and I was like, just please leave me alone. Like, Yeah, I, I completely removed that game from my memory uh, that message sorry uh and now it's annoying yeah because every time i start the console i get this message um a nice touch is that i i do remember that in the original nintendo ds when you're into the main um, sort of interface you can hear the clock ticking <laughs> all the time and uh and, uh, and uh, so that got me thinking, can you imagine like your iPhone ticking all the time because of the clock? That would be super annoying. Mm. And it's like one of those interface sounds that with time you kind of block out. And after all these years, 
I was, you know, just going around the interface on, in the main screen and I kept hearing, t -t 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 and I was like, what's that? And, and I remembered, yeah, that's the system clock. There's no internet browser on the Nintendo GS Lite. I'm pretty sure I remember on the later, um, uh, on the other revision of the Nintendo DS, the DSi, uh, Nintendo added like an Opera browser. Yeah, so no, I remember that. Yeah, it's super bad. Um, there's no internet browser on the DS Lite. There's no way to that. I, at least that I found in in my in my current experiment, I didn't f I didn't find any way to connect to the internet and update stuff. So it's disconnected uh, from from the from the World Wide Web, and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you weren't uh, surfing the information superhighway. No, no, I was not. I was stuck in my in my own man cave with, oh. without a connection with my Nintendo DS Lite. Um, it's uh, the the console itself has a nice and and still elegant and fresh Apple like design that I'm still in love with because it it stands the the test of time way yeah in much much better. Than the original DS. I agree. I was just looking at the the images to put in the show notes, like to put a link to the Wikipedia page, and it looks it looks really good still. Yeah, it's so nice and it's super compact. The LCD screen is a backlit screen, so when you play GBA game, it's super nice and and the sliders and the buttons. The, the Nintendo DS Lite is by far uh, the portable console that I spent. Well, probably the the DS Lite and the GBA ESP because of tactics advance. I spent a lot of time with this thing and it's still basically perfect. I'm holding it right now and the battery, it's it's okay, it's doing well. Mm -hmm. And it's got the kind of design that I also appreciate in the original Wii. You know, because the Nintendo had their own uh, Apple-like, iPod-like moment. Um, I guess because the iPod was getting popular with the iPod Mini and the iPod Nano. Um, so yeah, it's got this white Apple-like design and it's still awesome. The actual game, uh, I didn't play as much as I wanted to because I, I didn't have much time and it's the kind of, and, you know, I didn't want to fall into the trap of spending hundreds of hours into Tactics Advance again. So I kind of, I just took it easy, you know? The, the, the graphical style of the game is the same of the, of the first Tactics Advance, so it's really colorful, and it's much, much brighter than the tactics for the PlayStation. It's, again, for a younger audience. Uh, the first Tactics Advance started with a snowball fight. This one starts uh, with this kid. Um, he's basically waiting for the... Uh, he's at school, and he's at... Uh, his final day at school before summer vacation and he's waiting for the bell to ring. So the bell rings and all his friends are going out because school is over and his teacher pulls him away and he's like, no, you cannot go home. You got to go to the library and you got to clean up because, you're, you're, because you basically your grades are not too good. So you got to make up uh, for the time that you lost because you always skip class. So he goes to the library and nobody's there, so he starts fooling around and, you know, touching stuff. And he finds this book. Uh, and there's a book, of course, uh, about, you know, this story and the, this hero. And at one point, the book says, uh, you can be the hero, you can make your own history, 
and what's your name? And basically, he writes his own name on the book and he gets sucked into the book and into the world of Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. That's a, I so like it, that as an intro. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he drops At first, I was not going along with that, but that, that pulled me in. I like that. Oh, yeah. This kid just, you know, he just finds his book and it's like, what's, what's the name of the hero? And he just writes his own name because he doesn't care. Just writes, uh, yeah, the hero's name is Luzo. His name is Luzo, L U S O. And, uh, and he just gets sucked into the book and he drops into a battle, uh, th- this battlefield. And, that's, and there's, um, basically, he drops in front of a huge chicken. Like a like a huge chicken that that's trying to kill him, and uh, thankfully there's a there's a clan. So in this game, uh, there's the concept of clans. So you can assemble a clan with various team members, and when he drops into this battle, uh, there's this clan already trying to fight this huge chicken, uh, which is not a chocobo. The chocobo is like um a traditional monster of the Final Fantasy series. It's like really an evil chicken. And there's this guy named Sid, and he offers to help him, and in return, he's got to join the clan. And he does that, and of course, the story progresses. You kill the chicken. Actually, no, the chicken flies away. And so you and you can start playing uh, with the game. What I notice is that the game is as easy as the original Tactics Advance. So if you're looking for a challenge, even if you play with the hard uh, difficulty mode, you're not going to find another Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, You're going to find Tactics Advance. And that can be a problem for some people, I guess. But that's, you know, the trade-off for, uh, I guess, making... uh, a game for the Nintendo platforms, you gotta account for the different audience that the platform entails. And um, the story, I, I haven't seen much yet, but I did see that there's um, the judge um, system from the original Tactics Advance. So in the first Tactics Advance, you can, um, there, there, there's a chance during a battle that a judge basically appears and it gives you rules. So, for instance, maybe in a battle you cannot use magic, or you cannot, I don't know, you cannot use the jump move, or you cannot use swords. There are all sorts of rules, and if you, and if you, if you don't follow the rules, you can get disqualified from the battle, and there are other penalties that you can run into. So you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta keep in mind the rules, which on the DS are displayed in the top screen. And this is uh, and this makes the game kinda easier because in the in the in the first tactics advance you needed to open a menu to see the rules, whereas on the DS the rules are always displayed at the top. In this game you can also control areas and I haven't uh, yet managed to to extend my clan's uh, control to a full area, but I guess that can be a mechanic to make sure that you don't encounter enemies on a map, which is nice because it, it can become a little bit boring to always trying to, you know, move from point A to point B and see that you gotta fight an enemy. And I do like the fact that they didn't change uh, the way that you can accept missions and quests. 
you can go to a pub and you and you get a menu. You can you go to a pub and you get a menu. I just got the reference. Um, basically, you can accept all kinds of quests from 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 this menu. You can go on a mission to find a specific item. You can go on a mission to kill somebody. You can go on a mission to rescue somebody, and that's basically unchanged from the first tactics advance. So right now, I'm in the process of building my my clan. And I, I I do want to follow up in the next few weeks and see how, how well. Yeah, be. I mean, it's clearly it's going to be over the next mo- few months if you put another <laughs> three hundred hours in. Please, please don't jinx me because I, I do I, I don't want to to invest that sort of time again. Mike, you really need to play the original tactics. What could I play it on? Oh, you can you can get it up basically any platform right now. Uh, you have it easy, Mike, because you can get the original PlayStation game. You can get the PSP remake called War of the Lions. You can get it on the PSN, I'm pretty sure. You can get it on iOS. You can play it on the iPad. You can play it on Android, I think. You can. I love how like I'm trying to get out of this, and you're like, no, nobody. You can play. Yeah. You can basically play it on anything. You want to get it yeah. for your Pebble? You can probably get it for your Pebble. No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not the Pebble, but you can. You know, I if you if you, and maybe if your listeners are considering uh, playing Tactics, I do recommend getting the PSP remake. Um, it's called Final Fantasy Tactics: War of the Lions because it, it's got these beautiful cutscenes. Uh, with an anime-like style, which were not present in, in the in the first game, and it's got a couple of tweaks, couple to the like to the classes and the jobs. I think I don't remember if it makes the ninja a little because basically in in the original tactics, if you get a ninja character, you can do whatever you want, and I I cannot remember if War of the Lions um, tweaks the ninja abilities or stats. Anyway, it's such a the original tactics, it's an awesome game. If you're looking for a tactics game that's not as challenging as as the first one, both from a gameplay perspective and from a story perspective, because you do need to take notes during the first tactics. Uh you I do recommend Tactics Advance. And I will tell you more about Tactics A2 in a few weeks or months, depending on whether I get sunk into this Luzo story or not. Thank you, Federico. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. I, I, I realize I can talk about tactics for hours <laughs> and we should probably do a tactics episode and just be done with it. Just get it out of my system. Okay. So, yeah. Then maybe I need to actually play it before then. <laughs> so that's on... If you're listening to this first episode of Ritual, please follow up with Mike and ask him to play... The original tactics. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of tweets and emails. Please don't email me, email Mike, and tell Mike he's going to play tactics, and hopefully in a couple of months we can do a mega special super episode about Final Fantasy tactics, and I will have a lot of fun, and it's going to be awesome, and I promise, and everything will be good with the world. 
If you want to get the show notes for this week's episode, which include a bunch of links, including to how you can email us and you can find us and tweet us, you can go to relay.fm slash virtual slash one. Um, if you would like to get in touch with the show, we are at underscore virtual FM on Twitter. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, and Federico is at Viticci, V-I-T-I-C-C-I. Thank you so much for listening to episode one of Virtual. We would love your feedback on what you think about the show so we can continue to make the best video game show that we can for you. Thank you again to Igloo and Squarespace for supporting the launch of this Maiden podcast. Until next time, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci. <laughs>